Well, hello, everyone. This is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky, tucked away here under the tall timbers of Colorado. Uh, this podcast is coming to you on Monday, February 26th, 2024, and uh, really delighted to have Leo Holman back with us uh, for this next little bit. We're going to talk about Can can America Survive Its Traitors? That's the title of one of his uh, recent articles, but uh, I want to get his take on all that's going on down on the southern border. You know, the border crisis has really been the issue of our day for, for quite some time now. Uh, it's a political uh, issue that's bandied about, but as always, there's more than meets the eye. It's never about what it's about, and nobody is better at cutting through the propaganda and seeing the reality reality of the facts of the matter than Leo Holman. So I'll bring him on here in just a moment. Just a reminder that we've got uh, some upcoming uh, conferences. I'll be in Orlando at the uh, Prophecy Watchers Conference coming up this weekend. Uh, kicks off February 29th. I hope to see you there or on via live stream. Go to prophecywatchers.com. I go straight from there to another conference in Claremont, Florida, and then on to Sanford, Florida, before heading back in late March. So pray for us as we're on the road, and uh, stay tuned. We've got some great guests lined up. I'll be doing some interviews from the road, some of them pre-recorded, but we're going to continue with our daily podcast each and every day. Our verse for the day is appropriate for what we're going to be talking about, Proverbs chapter 26. Today's February 26th, so Proverbs 26 was my focus, and verses 4 and 5 seem like a contradiction. Let me read it, and then I'll explain why it's relevant to our discussion. It says, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. It goes on to say, Answer a fool according to his folly lest he be wise in his own eyes. So it seems to be a contradiction there. Do we answer a fool according to his folly or not? And I think the issue comes down to two different uh, contexts. On the first uh, part of that, it's saying, don't get down and play in the mud with these uh, folks that have contrary opinions and worldviews that are so contrary to logic. Don't argue on their terms. You don't want to lower yourself to their level. And certainly that's what we see on a lot of these issues, such as border security, uh, people are making some of the most asinine arguments that really, if you just step back and take yourself out of the political arena, you, you ought to be able to go, wait a minute, that makes no sense. But at the same time, there is a place to answer a fool directly and contradict his own folly and point out that he is he's a fool. And, uh, and I think that's what Leo Homan does so well in all of his articles. LeoHoman.com, LeoHoman.substack.com. And uh, Leo, thanks for taking time to join us again today. Thanks for having me, JB. All right. So I'd like you to kind of summarize as best you can what's going on down at uh, the border. It seems like it's all over the map, and no pun intended. It just seems like, you know, you, you on the one hand, you've got Abbott and Texas trying to to do something that we, we think is good, which is secure our border. But at the same time, you got the, the federales coming in and saying, no, no, no. You, the Supreme Court says you don't have the right to protect your border. You got Biden, and then you got other presidents, Republican and Democratic alike, you know, helping to ship in these immigrants. I mean, help us see through the fog and kind of understand what's going on. Yeah, I mean, basically what's going on is uh, we've had three years of open borders. Um, 
with no attempt by the federal government or the uh, Greg Abbott administration down there in Texas uh, to seal them off. And we're talking about 10 to 12,000 or more per day coming in from uh, more than 100 countries. We don't know who they are. We haven't vetted them. All they have to do is issue uh, two words when they get over the border, political asylum. And they are then processed, given a piece of paper, told to show up in court uh, like eight years down the road. Of course, that's a complete joke. Uh, Anybody who means us harm in this country is not going to show up uh tomorrow in court let alone eight years from now Mm. um and so that's what's going on and now all of a sudden there's this big focus uh all of our attention has been targeted on that one little section of eagles pass texas um and a little park there where in that city of eagle pass where the uh illegals tend to uh be funneled through And the Abbott administration has been putting up about 30 miles of razor wire uh, to try to slow them down. Uh, The federal government sued them. It went all the way. The first decision came in in favor of Abbott. It got appealed to the Supreme Court. And in a five to four decision, uh, noted that one Trump appointed justice, Amy Coney Barrett, voted in she's the one she was the deciding vote uh her along with john roberts voted with the liberal wing of the supreme court and uh in favor of the biden administration jb and so this is where it stands then abbott came out a day or two later and said you know what i'm not really impressed by that decision the decision by the way did not say that greg abbott did not have the right to put up razor wire uh as governor of the state of texas it said all it said was that the federal government, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, uh, had the right to take it down if they wanted to. Hmm. And I think that's an important point that a lot of people have missed. Um, and so Abbott, rightly so, said, well, we're we're going to keep putting it up. In fact, we're going to put up more than we were before. <laughs> and there's <laughs> nothing illegal about that, even if you consider the Supreme Court's ruling uh, justified, which I don't. I think it's an unconstitutional ruling. Uh, But even if it is uh, all prim and proper, Abbott has just said, "Okay, fine, I'm going to keep putting it up. Uh, Biden issued some sort of low grade threats in a letter saying you got 24 hours to uh, allow our people to back off and allow our people access to this park at Eagles Pass, because I guess that was also part of it, that the Texas National Guard was blocking the the uh, federal border agents from, quote, doing their job, according to the Biden administration, which I and, and they admitted. Uh, I don't remember if it was uh, Mayorkas or Jean-Claude Pierre, the the spokesman for Biden, but one of them admitted, JB, that what they meant by doing their job, they didn't say doing their job meant stopping the illegals from coming in. Doing their job means processing them. OK, <laughs> that means as they come in across the border illegal, they say, I want asylum. And you take them and take their name if they give you a false name, whatever. We don't know. And you you write their little court order and give them a court date so they can be a Uh, have their asylum 
case adjudicated, like we said, eight months in advance, eight years down the road now. That's how backlogged the system is. That's what they call doing their job. Okay. Mm. So uh, it's there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on here. And we can get into that next if you want, in yeah. terms of, you know, are the should we take both the state of Texas and the federal government at face value and what they're saying about this? Yeah, let's get into that here in a moment. But just some some comments. First of all, uh, I've long uh, decried the controlled nature of the Supreme Court. I don't have time to get in and make that case, but you can read my books. I'm absolutely confident, uh, based on my research, that it's controlled and that this so-called supermajority is just a big head fake. Uh, what, you know, they kind of have rotating conservatives, and yes, it, this month, this ruling, it's your job to play the role of the of the liberal. You know, going all the way back to the to the gay marriage ruling and the Obamacare rulings, it's always a conservative judge uh, right. that, that surprises everybody, everybody but me and you, uh, that, you know, sides with the liberals. And this time, of course, you had John Roberts and uh, and Barrett. And so in both, uh, well, Barrett anyway, was appointed by uh, Trump. Uh, so, yeah, it seems like Barrett and Kavanaugh play tag team. Mm -hmm. Have you yeah. noticed that? Uh, yeah. One yep. one case, like you said, Kavanaugh will be the conservative and Barrett will be the liberal, will vote liberal. And then the next case, it might be the opposite. Yeah. Uh, but but it's always one of those two, along with Roberts, who yeah. turns the tide. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's crazy. And so I want to come back to just your thoughts on the constitutionality issue, because to me, it's just it's, it's it's I can't even fathom that the highest court in the land would would rule the way they did on that. But. In the meantime, I also want to bring up, it's very nuanced. As you said, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of nuances here that we have to be careful not to fall into those traps. I talk to a lot of liberals. And by the way, you ought to talk to liberals, folks. I'm talking to the, our audience. Because first of all, in some cases, maybe they're not saved and they need to know the Lord. But second of all, you can learn a lot from them that, you know, instead of painting this picture of, you know, all oh, these are all, you know, devils with pitchforks and horns, you know, they, they, they're they not necessarily stupid people just because we disagree on some fundamental issues. I learned that early on in my academic career studying at the PhD level. I learned how to be fair to those who disagree with you. And it's mm -hmm. helpful. So I was talking to a liberal the other night on the phone who is all pro-immigration. And you know what? I understand that the rich history of this country of legal immigration, you know, people coming in, trying to start fresh, start new, that is not what this is about. This is no. patently, provably about letting terrorists, knowingly letting terrorists come across our country who are simply agents of the Luciferians who are going to foment civil war and, and try to bring us down from within. There's a reason we have a legal process uh, to, you know, allow people to immigrate to this country. It's the greatest country in the world, or at least it used to be. But this is this is not what that is. And unfortunately, we talk past each other and liberals think that, you know, conservatives hate anybody of color or anybody from another country. And, you know, uh, you know, conservatives think liberals, you know, are all, you know, devil worshiping Satanists, you know, and, and we got to move beyond that and, and see the facts for what they are. And that's why I like about uh, your articles. You always come at it from an objective 
standpoint and point out things that that you're not going to hear on your typical Fox News, you know, Newsmax type commentary. Um, you mentioned uh, Pierre and Mayorkas. Well, there's two great upstanding Americans that <laughs> that we are so proud to have in our leadership. Uh, I don't I don't care what they say. So um, let's talk about the Supreme Court ruling. Uh, it is interesting that you point out that you know, they didn't say it was illegal for Abbott to put up the the, the wall. Uh, they're just saying they have the right to take it down. So are we headed into a situation where Texas keeps putting it up and the federal government keeps taking it down? Well, that's an interesting question because another caveat, see, there's so many caveats to this story. Uh, a few days ago, uh, the a spokesperson for the uh, U.S. Customs Border Patrol agents union, okay, the uh, labor union who represents these border agents, came out and said that uh, they're not going to cut down any razor wire. Um, so apparently they're they're coming down on the side of disobeying orders from Biden if he says to remove this razor wire. Mm. Um, and so that is yet another fly in the ointment. Um, and then we've got this trucker convoy thing uh, where it's it's basically a freedom movement similar to what we saw in Canada in, in at this time of year, two years ago. Right. In mm -hmm. 2022, we had the truckers freedom convoy in Canada. Well, a similar movement is being organized here in the states, culminating February 3rd uh, in Texas. And I think they're going to go through uh New Mexico and Arizona and, and finish up somewhere in Southern California all along the border. Um, and now you've got several uh, commentators, conservative commentators, conservative journalists. Michael Yan uh, is one of them who I respect greatly, uh, saying that it's a trap. Hmm. Um, Michael Yan has been down there at the border consistently covering what's going on uh, since the Biden uh, administration took over. And he's saying, you know, uh, quote, why would you go to Eagle Pass, which is so baited when Abbott could close the border tomorrow if he wanted to, unquote. Uh, he said that in an interview with Infowars, I think, yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he's seeing it as a J6 type move where the federal government could have possibly planned this for months, possibly years uh, for to to happen in 2024 as we're gearing up for the presidential election and that they will uh, somehow use trickery to mount maybe a false flag attack, uh, make it look like it's a Trump supporter, and then they crack down uh, and they uh, 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 label all Trump supporters as insurrectionists. Uh, we told you so. Remember, J6, only this is even worse this time. Uh, and so they start rounding us up. They call martial law, perhaps postpone elections. This is all uh, in danger of happening. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But if we realize who it is ruling over us and the absolute evil hearts of these men and women. Nothing should be off the table, JB. Yeah. I would not put this past them to, uh, you know, people say, oh, it's going to be peaceful. Don't worry. And we're not going to be in D.C., so we won't be on their turf and it'll be 
much more difficult for the FBI to infiltrate and 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 cause mischief. But, you know, I'm not heading down there and I wouldn't advise anyone else to because we could be walking into a trap. Absolutely. And then there's so many things could go wrong with that situation. And, you know, you're you're absolutely right. We do need to think in these terms because that's what it's come to in this country is, you know, are we saying it's going to happen? Absolutely not. But it is very plausible that this type of thing could happen. We've been saying here at NBW Ministries, as I've kind of provided my, uh, you know, uh, uh, viewpoints and commentary on current events relative to Bible prophecy, and especially in my last three books, We've been saying for some time that they're going to do some type of unfreezing event that kind of puts an end to this country as we know it and forces us to go along with the New World Order. Um, that's I think that's a given. Uh, the only thing that really remains to be seen is whether the rapture happens before or after that. But I, I think it's, hap- it's going to happen. We know, biblically, we're heading towards a One World Order, and we know the only thing standing in the way of that right now is America— and so they've got to do something to cripple America. We, we've got all kinds of documentation of key globalist leaders talking about that, Kissinger, Rockefeller, Rockefeller, others, Brzezinski. So, uh, you know, we've documented that. This is a pivotal year. It's an election year. You've got talk of a pandemic. You've got all kinds of things, weapons in their arsenal that they could use to foment uh, division. And so because that's the case— you have to have your senses really tuned into, ah, okay, this could be a trap, uh, like Jan is, Jan is saying in the article you cited. Um, talk to us about Abbott, because I remember, I first of all, I spent, I grew up in Texas, went to high school and college in Texas. I've got a lot of family there. Uh, we, uh, some of our kids were born in Texas. Uh, so we have a lot of connections to Texas, uh, even though we haven't been in Texas for years. But um I you know I remember watching the political system there going all the way back to um, uh, oh the previous uh, uh, governor uh, he ran for president Rick uh, Rick uh, anyway can't think of his name at the moment but uh, I met him and interviewed him but uh, you know it's quite a corrupt system. Texas corrupt politics goes way, way, way back. Think LBJ, you know the guy that killed Kennedy um, along with the CIA. Um, But Abbott is a dyed-in-the-wool globalist. He's a key member of the World Economic Forum. You can go to the WEF website, see his bio there. Um, He is not a conservative. And during the pandemic, I remember cautioning people about him and DeSantis and others who were waving their magic wands of executive orders. You know, it's funny when when a liberal does it like Obama, he's the dictator in chief. But when a conservative waves their magic wands and issues these unconstitutional decrees, because we agree with the outcome, we go, yay, good for them. Well, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And we got to be prepared to be consistent in our and our principles, and it's never okay for any elected official to just magically wave a wand and make decrees. We have a constitution for a reason. I'm, I'll, I'll stop ranting, but talk to us about Abbott. Do you have any concerns about his allegiance and all this? I do, JB. Uh, you laid it out nicely there about his background. He's he's a longtime uh, sort of pragmatic rhino-type Republican with a history of uh, cooperation with the WEF. Uh, World Economic Forum. Um, And if he'd wanted, I I guess this is my problem with the whole thing. Uh, Why this one issue and why right now? Um, 
There are so many conservative issues where the Biden administration, issues that are near and dear to conservative heart, conservatives' hearts, where the Biden administration has just run roughshod over them for three years now, with immigration being one of them, uh, you know, but uh, when I look at this, I just keep saying, why now and why this one issue? I mean, if it's legit, why stop with immigration? You know, with these 25 states that have now come out in support of Texas and Greg Abbott, why couldn't we get that type of cooperation on any other issue? Why couldn't we get the, them taken to the bully pulpit and going into the media and speaking out the truth on all these other issues? Why stop with immigration? I mean, what about uh, the Second Amendment and the federal harassment of law-abiding gun owners? Uh, mm -hmm. Has Abbott said anything about that? And, and the other 27, 26 Republican governors? I mean, what about the First Amendment and the federal harassment of people praying outside of abortion clinics? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the federalization of education with the forcing of these transgenders into the uh, school classrooms? Uh, what about the exploding federal debt, which is destroying us, destroying and, and will further destroy our way of life for the next generation? We're adding now one trillion dollars in debt every quarter. Mm. Yeah. Every quarter. It's another trillion dollars. Sometimes it's a hundred billion or more in a few days that's being added. Uh, and this all is going to come out of our pockets through higher taxes. Uh, that's if we're even able to cover it. I, I don't think we will. I think we're heading for an economic collapse. Yep. And so that issue, along with some of these others I've mentioned, is every bit as destructive to this country as the open border. But they picked this one issue and they picked 2024 to make it a public spectacle, right? Mm -hmm. And so that, to me, just is a little bit fishy. Oh, yeah, it raises a huge red flag. It's selective moral outrage, which is one reason we know that this is all staged. Because if people right. were truly acting on principle, there are plenty of you know issues that you know justified a major response long ago. Uh, but why this? Why now? And also, just... And I know you and I have talked about this before on the program, you know, building a wall, this is not rocket science. If we really wanted to build a wall, we could have done it decades ago. Yes. I mean, if Trump wanted to build a wall, it would not have taken four years to build that, to build a wall. It's just, you put the resource, I mean, if we can rush out, <coughs> excuse me, rush out to the market, a SARS vaccine when we've never had a vaccine for a SARS virus ever before. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm getting over a, a cold here. If we can throw trillions of dollars at that in Operation Warp Speed and rush it out in just a matter of months, when it normally takes 20 years or more, surely in four years we can build a wall if that's what we wanted to. So absolutely. I just absolutely. don't understand why now. And, and Michael Yan, who, like I said, covers the border day in and day out, says that Greg Abbott could have shut down the flow of immigrants into his state <clears throat> overnight if he wanted to. And it wouldn't just be at that one little 30 mile section. He could have done it along the entire border if he wanted to make an issue of this, a public spectacle like what's going on now. He could have put out the t sent out the, his, the Texas National Guard and said, we're done. 
Nobody else is coming across this border. And if you federal government want to stop us, bring it. Bring your guys. Yeah. You know, he could have forced this to a head if that's what because because that's what it looks like he's doing now. Right. Sure. Over this one little area that's not even going to shut down the flow of immigra- illegal immigration. He could have done it any time uh, during the Biden administration. But he waits until, if, you know, uh, uh, what, 10 months before a critical presidential election. And just as the primaries are heating up uh, and Donald Trump is, you know, being prosecuted with these different lawsuits and criminal charges. Um, it's just really interesting, the timing. Yeah. Uh, very, very interesting and uh it'll be even more interesting to see i think where it goes in the next few days or months yeah it certainly does could be a trigger point you know your article uh which i thought was excellent um and in full disclosure we're recording this a couple of weeks before we're actually posting it so we're posting it on february 26th but uh you know, a lot can happen in, in a couple of weeks. So, uh, but your article, Can America Survive Its Traders? That came out the end of January. Um, I think that's the question here is, is who is a traitor and who isn't? And if you if you look past the rhetoric, you know, and see, and you start asking logical questions, like why, like Jan is doing and you're doing, why, why didn't, you know, Abbott do this before now? Why make this an issue now? It just... It really should show you that there's something else at play here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be uh, in preparation for some sort of false flag attack, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe they just want to launch an intelli- intelligence gathering operation, JB. Mm-hmm. Uh, the government may want to find out, you know, who's, go- who's going to this freedom convoy. What are they saying about the situation in their texts and social media po- posts? Because we know they monitor all of that. Uh, without a warrant, a search warrant. They just read all of your texts, all of your social media posts. You know, what are they? these people going to be buying while they're out there? Uh, are they going to go armed to the event? This would all be valuable intelligence for the feds, uh, knowing what we know about them, right? Because they have repeatedly said that it is the uh, uh, conservative, MAGA, white, patriotic American who we consider, we, the federal government, consider to be the number one threat of terrorism against this country. Uh, It's not the people flowing across the border, the unknown, uh, unnamed people coming across the border from, you know, countries that hate us, including Iran and China and you name it. Uh, No, it's it's the uh, uh, the 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 red blooded American patriot. That's who we're worried about. Yeah. And so this could just be one big psyop uh, where they goad all of these patriotic Americans to participate in this uh, convoy. They're talking about potentially 700,000 people. Um, and then they start taking notes. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to tell anyone not to go to this, but I will offer this advice. If you want to go and you're dead set on going, uh I would say do not bring a cell phone and pay for everything in cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, good advice. That's good advice in general, frankly. Um, yeah, and if you and if you're in a downtown, like even a small town area, in while you're demonstrating, you know, put on some glasses and a face mask. Yeah. Because and, there will there will be facial recognition software being uh, used. Oh, especially in Texas. I mean, Texas is so draconian. I mean, 
if this is part of a larger plan, I'm not surprised they're using Texas. Texas is sort of the poster child for conservative, you know, right. Wild West, you know, type activity. Uh, so it makes sense. I mean, if you if you polled the average uh, person in America, what is one of the most conservative states? You know, Texas is certainly going to be in the top two or three. Um, so that makes sense. But it is, uh, you know, believe me, I can tell you, it is incredibly surveilled. I mean, by the way, Texas is the same state that years ago implemented no war, no refusal blood draws. You know, you're driving along, you happen to drift over the line, you get pulled over for suspicion of drunk driving, but actually it was just a windy day. You've never had a drink in your life. You literally have to roll up your sleeve. They put a needle in your arm. You cannot refuse it. If you refuse it, they take you to jail. Wow. And and that's in Texas. They would put it up on the big marquee signs on the freeways. This is a no refusal blood warrant weekend. If you get pulled over, you're getting a needle in your arm. Uh, Go look it up. I mean, it's it's bad. Talk about it. Horrific. Yeah, those signs that say winter storm coming or uh, amber alert, all they put it up on those signs and they uh, they get a judge on standby and all the cop has to do is say, I suspect this person of, of uh, you know, drunk driving and, uh, you know, you have no, you can't refuse it. He calls the judge on speed dial. The judge remotely says, yep, you've got permission and you have to, you have to put a needle in your arm. So, yeah. I mean, did, this, was, did that survive any court challenges? Uh, I don't know. It was probably 10 or 12 years ago when I wrote about it in my book, Great Last Day's Deception, and it's the documentation is in there. Um, I haven't followed up on it uh, lately. It may, may have finally run its course or finally been uh, disallowed, but it was a big deal for, for quite some time, a couple of years. It was called No Refusal Blood. Even the local news, I showed this in one of my videos, the local news would report on it. By the way, this weekend in you know Southeast Texas, all the major freeways are No Refusal Blood Warrant weekends. You can't, you know, be be on the lookout. Make sure you don't drunk drive drunk. You know, so it was a it was a campaign, and it was, you know, it was very very troubling in America. I mean that that meets the very definition of tyranny. Oh no doubt. Oh listen, in Texas they put up you know checkpoints, literally in some cases fifty miles inside the border in South Texas, and you have to stop and show your papers. No probable cause, no warrant. Uh, you, you're clearly, this isn't at the border. I mean, we're talking 50 miles in, uh, and they have these uh, these checkpoints. I mean, it, people who've never really, and even people that live in Texas don't know this because they just live in their little isolated myopic world, and they don't realize just how draconian uh, Texas is. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's there's, there's some, uh, we could talk all day about Texas, but uh, you wrote an article January 24th called Two Americas, one for the U.S. citizens, which is highly regulated and monitored, uh, as we've just been talking about, and the other for illegals, which is free of mandates, regulations, and bureaucratic harassment. I remember talking to law enforcement people and hearing them, hearing them interviewed, telling, this was, again, 15 years ago, that in Texas, the police officers were instructed, if you pull someone over for speeding or for any other uh, you know, uh, infraction, and they're an illegal alien, just let them go. Turn them loose. Don't. It's too much of a headache, too much paperwork, too much bureaucracy. Just let them go. But if you're an you know, honest, law-abiding, tax-paying citizen and you exceed the speed limit, man, they're going to throw the book at you. And that's, an, that's a metaphor and, a, and an illustration of exactly what you are talking about. I mean, clearly, these are ideologically you know, contrasting viewpoints, which should be a smoking gun that there's something 
different at play. There's some bigger agenda here, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And the context of that article that I wrote about the two Americas was uh, it came to light that TSA, the uh, Transportation Safety Administration, which, you know, was part of Homeland Security, which created after 9-11, that big albatross, uh, which I believe was another false flag attack that was allowed to happen uh, by the Bush administration in order to get this new level of monitoring and surveillance uh, to be normalized in this country. Well, it come, we come to find out that the TSA, uh, which you know how militant they are in treating Americans at airports in terms of, you know, show me the papers, young man. Uh, you cannot get past them, right, without some sort of uh, identifying papers, uh, either on your cell phone or physical papers and uh, or, or a passport or a driver's license. Well, they're not doing any of that to the illegal aliens. Mm -mm. Uh, if you show the little paper that you've been granted uh, a court hearing for asylum, that's it. They don't care who you are. There's no cross-checking. There's no requirement for a driver's license or a passport. You just scoot right on through and get on the plane. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> and this is just the latest example of that type of uh, double standard and two-tiered system. Uh, and and these are the that's why I say any government capable of this type of treachery, where they treat their own citizens worse than they treat foreigners, uh, who not just foreigners, but foreigners who come here illegally, uh, that is a dangerous rogue element that is ruling in Washington. Uh I don't even like to call them the government, JB. I call them the entity in Washington that people refer to as the government because no legitimate government in a constitutional republic would act the way we see this administration acting. Yeah, you don't have this problem in China. You think China lets people just waltz across the yeah. border? Of course not. You know, they 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 know better. And uh, so, yeah, there's definitely an agenda at play to, to really bring us down from within. Obviously, not everybody inside the Beltway is part of the grand conspiracy. I've talked about that extensively. There are, uh, you know, a handful of God-fearing, patriotic, Bible-believing uh, good people that are trying to make a difference. But by and large, it's a cesspool of controlled agents who are answering to the Luciferian elite uh, to usher in a much bigger plan, which is a one-world political, religious, and economic system. Now, um, you know, for I've... the most part, JB, for the most part, these government officials who we elect, they're just figureheads. They have yeah. no real power. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the bureau bureaucratic agency heads who wield the power in Washington. Anyone there. Uh, who's been there long enough knows that. Uh, and, and then you've got the talking heads, the figureheads in Congress and in the White House. Uh, and as long as you go along with what the agency heads are telling you to do, there's no problems. And everybody thinks it's the uh, figureheads who are actually making policy when in reality, they're just following the orders of the entrenched bureaucrats who've been there for years. Uh, and there's no term limits there's no uh, rules or regulations on them. And, uh, and, and and there's a lot of money involved, a lot of money yeah. involved. Uh, and, and these are the people who run the city. I don't consider them 
and run the nation. And I don't consider them legitimate. And and why the states haven't stood up to this uh, before now and on more than this one issue, uh, we can only speculate. But I would uh, I would suggest uh, or guess that it has, again, something to do with money. Yeah, always follow the money. But yeah, the, the tentacles of the Luciferian elite run very deep and broad across this whole country, down into major metropolitan areas. Even average-sized cities have uh, positions of influence. The governors, it's all its all uh, uh, an interconnected uh, web. But, you know, in the early 90s, I had the chance right after the the end of the Cold War uh, to take a, a, a one-week mission trip to uh, uh, Russia, to Bryansk, Russia, and also to uh, uh, Ukraine, Kiev. And I taught up there. And, and since it was so soon after the wall fell, there were still vestiges of the old communist regime. And I remember <clears throat> taking a train from uh, Kiev up to Bryansk, and at each of the stops, the authorities would came in, and of course they were still armed, and it was still it was very you know much of, uh, looked like it it always did in the in the communist days, and they would ask for your papers, and the only difference between that and now is at least then they said please on the train, but I can right. see it here. <laughs> They don't even say please. It's, you know, the TSA are these, you know, jackbooted tyrannists who just for the first time in their life have been given power. And mm -hmm. uh, so um, let's bring this back as we close out here to a Christian's uh, perspective, because, you know, you and I get we get riled up because we we kind of see the reality of what's going on. And and it's so many Christians don't. There's so much naivete out there because we want to believe in the genuine goodness of people. We want to believe in our country and what it stands for. But the reality is the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one, as the Bible says, and we are headed towards some troubling uh, days ahead. So, you know, first of all, uh, and then I'll get your comment. If you're listening to this and you don't know the Lord. That's step number one. You need to trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone for salvation. He died and rose again for your sins. He is the only hope. Uh, so let me implore you to come to Christ today. And as a believer, if you already know the Lord by faith, um, you know, what would you suggest, Leo? I mean, uh, you know, we're not going to win this at the ballot box. You know, we're not, if we just elect enough Republicans, the whole world will be at peace. That's not going to happen. Um, what what does the Christian do to countermand this craziness that we see down at the border? Yeah, good question. Uh, and always the toughest question, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we, it's easy to point out the problems, but what do we do? I have long said in, in many of my articles that we're not going to, uh, we're not only not going to turn this country around uh, by voting our way out of tyranny, uh, but protests alone also are not going to accomplish it. Um, we see a lot of protests going on in, across uh, Western Europe right now, uh, especially, you know, among the farmers and the people who support the farmers. And I think that's good. Um, and so far, we haven't seen any sort of horrific false flag attack there. For some reason, I'm less confident that we can pull that off in this country because we have a much more devious. They have a deep state there, too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but we have a much more devious uh, uh, deep state here in, in America, I think, than in Europe. And uh, they will try to infiltrate, as they did on January 6th, and, uh, and provoke 
There will be provocateurs in the crowds if we rely solely on protests. Again, I'm not telling people not to protest, but I don't think that that's going to get the job done alone, uh, just protesting and voting. In fact, that's it's possible that could even play right into their hands, right? Uh, which we saw on January 6th. So I think a more effective strategy, uh, and the strategy, by the way, that a lot of people don't want to do because why? It will cost you something. Uh, I believe a more effective strategy rather than just getting out in the streets and just voting would be to uh, have peaceful noncompliance. Uh, what do I mean by that? Whenever a um, dictatorial edict comes down the pike, whether it be, uh, frankly, national, state, or at the local level, um, we simply do not comply. Uh, and we make a stand. It may be, have to be a public stand, say, uh, you know, not just we don't comply, but we tell you why we're not going to comply. I think that's important. When, whenever you make a stand on principle, people have to know why you're taking that stand, right? Yeah. Um, so I feel like that is a much more effective strategy. Uh, boycotts, we've seen that those uh, when 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 they gather a lot of support can be tremendously effective in the uh, corporate sector. Look what happened with Bud Light. They ran that transgender uh, ad campaign and now they've been boycotted uh, successfully and they've got their tail between their legs. And they I've, I've reported uh for a someone I contract with that uh, they're going to run out an ad campaign during the Super Bowl, uh, Bud Light is, that is going to harken back to their early days where they appeal to patriotic America. I mean, they have done a complete reverse course because this yeah. boycott has been so effective. So I think we need to think in terms of how do we spend our money? Who do we spend our money with? Uh, you vote every day, believe it or not, based on how and with who you spend your money. And uh, that and peaceful noncompliance is what I recommend. Yeah, I think those are excellent suggestions. But yeah, whoever that marketing guy was at Bud Light, I mean, I'm not a marketing expert, but you know, you don't know your audience. If you think marketing Bud Light, you know, using transgender, you know, ideology is going to win it. It's almost like when Chevy years ago tried to market their Chevy Nova vehicle down in uh, Mexico and without realizing that Nova means don't go or won't go. So they're trying to sell these cars that won't go. And it was a huge flop. So so I would end with this because I know your time is short and, I, and I, I'm going to let you go, but uh, all kinds of great practical advice there. One thing that, that gives me hope is, and we've experienced it in our life, when things seem bleak, all it takes is one providentially well-placed moral believer in a position of authority to kind of have your back. So let's say you do peacefully protest. And like you say, it costs you something. Maybe you get arrested for like the guy did in Wisconsin for reading his Bible out on a public sidewalk <laughs> while there's a big transgender, you know, child exploitation thing going on in the park right behind him. They didn't care about that, but this guy's reading his Bible out loud and, and they arrest him. Um, all it takes is, you know, a a, a, a godly judge or DA or somebody along the line to kind of intervene and say, you know what, we're not, we're going to throw this out. And that's, that's where prayer comes in. I, I think if we, if we look at the big picture, it's pretty ominous and we could easily get discouraged or depressed, but we have a God who's a God of the underdog. 
he's the god of uh you know you know low chances and 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 low odds and yet again and again we see in scripture that the underdog comes out on top and so as long as we await the Lord's return, we know that globally things are going to get worse and worse. But in our little world, let's keep our faith in the Lord. Uh, pray that He'll intervene in certain situations. Uh, don't compromise. Don't be. Don't fall for the head fake. You know, I played basketball right. in high school, and man, you fall for that head fake, you're going to get dunked. Yep. There's no question. Um, just you know, see things for what they are. Don't buy into the right-left rhetoric. I think more than anything else, this border uh, flare-up is just further fomenting this divide that is going to someday, you know, most likely become inflamed into some type of war. So. Lots of good stuff here, folks. Uh, LeoHoman.com. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention this because Leo mentioned Bush. So I want to save people some emails. I've uh, talked about the Bush uh, dynasty in in my books, but I know we got a lot of listeners. The Lord is really blessed and expanding our audience. And so we still have some folks that are waking up to the reality that there are some bad rogue elements, even within traditional conservative so-called Republican orthodoxy. Before you email me to complain about the fact that we talked about uh, Bush allowing uh, some of these false flag terrorist attacks, I'm not going to read your email unless it begins with these words. I've read Russ Baker's Family of Secrets, or I've read Webster Tarpley's unauthorized biography of Bush. Those two guys are both especially Tarpley, very progressive. Like I said, you ought to talk to a liberal now and then. They're not perfect. They're not infallible, but they've got a lot of smoking gun evidence that will allow you to see beyond the public persona of uh, the Prescott Bush dynasty who financed Hitler in World War II and some of the, the stuff that these guys are involved in. So don't give me a knee-jerk reaction, oh, you criticized Bush, unless you've done your own research and at least come to an educated uh, conclusion about it. So that's all I'll say about that. I just want to save uh, save some emails uh, from people who <laughs> didn't like that we mentioned Bush. So folks, uh, leohoman.com is the website. leohoman.substack.com is his substack. If you're not already subscribed, you are missing out. He is uh, just got great material day in and day out and uh, worth kind of staying in touch with him and and, and, and subscribing to his, uh, his stuff. Thank you so much, Leo. You're a blessing. As always, my pleasure. Thank you, JB. Well, God bless everyone uh, and uh, have a great rest of the week. Lots more to come uh, this week. So tune in each day and uh, check out our website at notbyworks.org. And we will talk again soon.